In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many families that I know do some sort of genealogy work from time to time. I have done a little bit of it myself, but I have relied on years, or for years, on work done by one of my aunts on the Blackburn side and another, a great aunt, on the Farley side, which is my paternal, maternal family. My mother and I have dabbled with Ancestry.com for some of her relatives and have reconnected with some of her pioneering cousins whose family moved across the Midwest following the railroad until some reached Colorado and others reached northern New Mexico. On the Blackburn side of my family, one of the great gifts we have is my great-great-grandfather's diary of his starting a new life in Goliad and B counties between around 1880 and 1884, which a now departed aunt of mine was given by my grandfather, and she typed it up, including a second volume, a second book, which comprises letters from England and Wales from his daughters that he left over in England and in Wales. Those documents keep many of us grounded to the area. We read of his frustrations, his setbacks, his joys, which seem to come rather infrequently, and his attempt to bring a little of the old world into the new. I was with a few cousins last week, and his attempt to bring uh, one of them was remarking about how in this diary, how he attempted to tell the story, he was reading a few entries every night to route himself to Berkeley and to the area where he and I both have ranches and even share a common fence line. The writer of the letters to the Hebrews draws on this Jewish, this Hebrew line of family descendants and history, if you read the two chapters, and they become some of the most memorable chapters in all of the New Testament. Now, we don't know exactly who wrote this letter. For a while, many assume St. Paul. Others assume someone else, like perhaps St. Barnabas. But the mystery still remains. What we do know is that this person is indeed Jewish and is now a Jewish Christian because of all the images he draws from the law, from the use of the Psalms as prophecies, and from his intimate knowledge of the lineage of faith that has come to us through Judaism. This author knows the family history. It would be like gathering at a family reunion and hearing or retelling stories that are known to the family about Uncle Ben or cousin Rita, without having to give all the background information that, well, this person is the granddaughter of the youngest sister of my grandfather. Everyone just knows. Last week, we began part of this epic passage by hearing again the accounts of some of the patriarchs and prophets of the Old Testament. Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and then later on into today to Rahab, Gideon, 
Samson, David and Samuel, and on to the Maccabean Revolution. Titans of the Hebrew Scriptures whose stories we still know. Each one of these people loved the Lord their God. They worshipped him in reverence and sought out his will. And our passage today is part of the climactic ending of this section, the pinnacle of the building crescendos of martyrs of whom this world is not worthy. And the writer says, therefore, therefore, since we, we who are here are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You see, all of these people who were the early forerunners of our faith, who worked with God in accordance with his will to make Israel, in this case, the holy people of God from whom our Messiah would come, all of these people were human beings, just like you and me. There's nothing special about Abraham. There's nothing all that special about Joseph. Now, their stories are unique, like Joseph being sold by his family as a slave to Egypt. But there's nothing that makes any of these people better than you and me. The only mark, the only attribute that could possibly count as an edge up is their faith. Last week we read that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not yet seen. And this is where we look to the saints, both of the Old Testament. We usually don't call them saints, but they are saints indeed, both of the Old Testament and of the New. But looking at the saints is like looking through a window. If we imagine, as we read their stories, or hear their tales of the deeds that they have done, or listen to the accounts of their martyrdom, if we imagine, it's like looking through a window with the lives and the faith of the saints as the pane of glass. And through their lives, we see Jesus more clearly. Their lives point us to Jesus in a way that makes them say, don't look at us. Don't look at me and see only me. See the faith that I have in Jesus' redemption and love. And through that, see Jesus more clearly. If you take a look at our icon, St. Christopher here is not looking at us. He's not looking at you and me. St. Christopher has his eyes, even though it is behind his back, gazing at Jesus, telling us that we too look to Jesus. One of my professors once said it this way. When we sing the old hymn, and just not the ones from a century ago, but even going all the way back to the second and third centuries, when we sing these old hymns, or when, when we read the great works of Christian thinkers, 
or when we recall the history of a parish like ours and share that story over and over again. All of that is like walking on a well-worn path and finding notes of encouragement and also notes of warning strewn along the way. Some of these notes might be from the early church fathers who remind us that God is a God who lives in Trinity and that Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. And we'd move forward to St. Thomas Aquinas who would tell us to be careful not to confuse the study of God with the study of some pantheistic deity. The slave trader, John Newton, turned Christian pastor, would encourage us. But when all seems so dark because of the deplorable actions that we ourselves have committed, that there is always grace, amazing grace, that saved wretches like him and like me. And moving forward to one of the most popular of all writers of the 20th century, Christian writers, that is, C.S. Lewis would remind us that God is good, very good in fact, but that God is also not safe and is not tame at the same time. These two are part of the great cloud of witnesses who point us Not to themselves, but to Christ, the true author, the pioneer and perfecter of faith and of our faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses who are like us, mere mortals who were just as sinful, Sometimes abject failures in many ways, but constantly persevering in faith. How can we too not grab hold with, and dare I say it, with excitement that we too are following them, following those who have given their all for Jesus? It's like learning something unique about your family that turns you from considering your family, you know, just as ordinary people into people of some importance, like being related to a former president of the United States or having a great-great-grandfather who helped found a town. This year, St. Christopher's Parish turns 65 years old in just a few months' time. While we don't have any special events planned as of now, We have 65 years of history in this part of Portland, ministering to this city and to this county. But you see, what we do, we do not do for our own glory, not because we think we have an edge in the region, but we do it all for the glory and honor of Jesus, knowing that our forebearers who helped start this parish, 
who built this church, who worked to keep our doors open, did so for Christ. We have our own stories here of the cloud of witnesses, and they continue to lift this parish in their prayers, even upon the distant shores of heaven on our behalf. So, let us run, as the author says, the great race of faith. Let us run in the faith of Jesus, knowing that he has endured everything we possibly could endure, including death, and his death, the shameful death of dying on the cross. Let us, as our hymn, which we sang a few moments ago, said, let us forget things behind, pressing we to God's right hand, there with the Savior and his saints triumphantly to stand. But let us never forget that in all that we do, we did through Jesus and through his faith as the saints before us have done as well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.